0: First coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First
1: Coming Attractions. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Catherine. Today we'll be talking about Puppy Place, I Carly, Gabby Stallhouse and secret agent Dingledorf and his trust dog Splat. But first we will be reviewing Dune with Zoe and Tiana. All right, so I've already seen Dune, but for those who have not, what is it Tiana?
2: Okay, so Dune follows the protagonist, um, Paul Atreides, who is played by Timothy Chalamet. And he's the son of a very noble family who's also in a sense like the royal family. Um, and where they live. So in Dune, they have to travel to what's considered the most dangerous planet in the universe to protect the most valuable asset and the most vital element in the galaxy, which is what they call spice. So Paul is actually born with some mystical powers that he doesn't really understand. And throughout his little journey, he has to learn how to use it in order to be successful and also face his fears. And so Um, He has like these reoccurring dreams in a sense of some mysterious girl. He doesn't even know who is. But she's trying to save her people from these people who are trying to take over their planet. Um, So he eventually goes onto her planet and he has to save his family, people, the most precious resource on Earth, which, as I said, was Spice and himself. It's a pretty long description, but now it gets everything.
1: Yeah, on my review, I had a hard time. I'm like, what do I say? What do I leave in? What do I leave out?
2: <laughs> so, Zoe, in
1: my opinion, the acting in this movie was incredible. So who did you think had the strongest performances and why?
3: God, that's a tough question. I mean, this is a great ensemble cast. Oh, Timothy Chumley has my heart. I've loved him for such <laughs> time now. I mean, who hasn't? I know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And I love Zendaya's performance, but like, I honestly wish we saw her more because I mean, we saw her like, I, I'd say mostly at the end of the film, not going to get anything away. But um, I think that this was a great cast and I love Jason Momoa and his was probably one of my favorite character. And I, Timothy, he just, oh, man, he really stole the show. And I think this is one of his best performances to date. And I've loved him since like Lady Bird and all of his other films. So I think he really just did an exceptional job.
1: Yeah, I agree. He had a very strong performance in uh, the movie. And, you know, yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> uh, so, Tiana, other than the acting, what other things
2: about the movie uh, stuck out to you? I think the main things that stood out to me was, like, the cinematography of the film. It really, like, takes you on a journey of its own. Um, the CGI that they have with the uh, different power things that they show i don't know exactly what they're called but they had like these force field things and also (laughs) the the, uh cinematography when they had the sandworm
4: that was was really cool
2: and some of the scenes uh like at the beginning none of these are really spoilers but there's like a scene where it's like a fight thing kind of showing you like the backstory and how they show like the people coming out of the ground
1: yeah that was Um,
2: cool so, yeah, the visual effects and the cinematography were definitely amazing.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, one other thing that actually stuck out to me was the music. The music was, well, it's uh, composed by, uh, I think it's Hans Zimmer. But yes. that was, yeah, it was like, it was like kind of primitive, but it was also futuristic. I know those are two polar opposites, but like it worked together somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so, Zoe, have you ever read the book Dune or watched the original movie from uh, 1984?
3: No. And I'm so upset that I have. I love to read. And um, oh. I, this is an adaptation from the original, I think it was in like nineteen eighty Yes. I think fans of the 1984 version are going to be very satisfied, and newcomers to Dune as well. Yeah. Um, but I also liked that. I mean, obviously the book is huge, and there like is not enough time to put all the information into a three-hour movie. I think if they filmed it back to back and it was like six hours long, then I mean, I mean, I would watch the whole thing. I know it's a lot, but
1: yeah, but- maybe in a couple sittings. <laughs> Uh, and so, did you guys watch it in theaters or did you watch it in um, in at your home because it's on HBO Max? Um. And, so, Tiana, yeah, you can go first.
2: Okay. So, I actually watched it on HBO Max. Um, I think I liked it better. Um, well, I haven't really seen it in the theaters, but I think one pro of it was that since the movie was. Uh, two hours and 35 minutes um imagine like having to sit in a theater especially like depending because I know there were some people um who said like they didn't really like it because it was kind of boring um and I feel like it was kind of like a mix so like at some points it wasn't as interesting but when you get more into the story you understand more it gets more interesting um but I think that was one of the pros of it because like I could stop it and then I could like finish the rest the next day which is having to sit in one sitting and make sure that i get everything it's also easier to take notes and go back if you need stuff for your reviews yeah um so i kind of did like watching it on hbo max but it still would have been pretty fun to have the theater experience Uh what about you zoe
3: well, I think that's great, all that Tiana said. I do agree. I think the beginning of the film itself was a little slow, and at the end it started to pick up, and that's where a lot of the action started to take place. Now, I saw an IMAX, and if you're going to see this, which it comes, it came out October 22nd, I highly, highly, highly recommend you see an IMAX. And I I'm yeah. think Tiana says, it delivers like the same, I guess, impact on the audience if you watch it from home, but it's a completely different experience, Like. N- not even in a regular theater just like on a huge screen and everything is moving it's so surreal and it really like transports you into this beautiful planet of Arrakis and I I loved it so much more but I am glad that you know if you watch it at home which is probably what a lot of people are going to do they can also um feel the same I guess emotions
2: yeah i really quick oh yeah uh I was gonna say to Zoe's point I think that it probably would be better. Like, I didn't see it in the theaters, but I think it would also be better because of all the cinematography and visual effects. And it's almost, like, it would be cool if someone could even see this in 3D. Yeah, like, that would be really all, cool. Yeah, with all the action in it, that would make for an amazing um 3D experience. Or even, like... I don't know if this is possible, but even if they made like an amusement park type thing out of it, like imagine having like the sandworms as a roller coaster.
1: Oh, that'd something be fun. Like that.
2: that would be really dope.
1: Putting ideas out there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. So it's time to wrap it up. So uh, Tiana, what age range and star rating do you give Dune? So I rate Dune
2: five out of five stars, even though, you know, uh, as me and Zoe said, it was kind of slow at the beginning, but later it got more into the action. But I still rate it five out of five. And I recommend it for kids ages 13 to 18 plus adults because, um, like you said, the film was pretty long. But also there was like some violent scenes Yeah. Um, throughout it, too. Um, so, yeah, definitely make sure you go watch it. And also it would be better in theaters, but from home works, too. Yeah. What about you, Zoe? I would easily give Dune
3: a five out of five stars. You know, I loved it. I would definitely watch again. So excited for the sequel because I'm pretty sure there's going to be a second one. It's going to be. Yes. Soon. Yes. So, and I think I'd recommend it for ages four to 18. Pretty much what Tiana said. There is some uh, like language and a lot of violent scenes, but yeah. it's, it's a beautiful film.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. <laughs> You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about iCarly, Gabby's Stallhouse, and secret agent Dingledorf and his trust dog, Splat. Right now, we're switching over to our review with Benjamin about Puppy Place. So what is Puppy Place about?
5: Uh, So there are these two kids, and their dad is a firefighter who brings home a puppy. And they love this puppy, but they cannot keep this puppy. And their parents make them give it away. But it's an experience with this puppy that makes them start uh, a little operation to help uh, puppies that they come across find forever homes, as they call it in the show.
1: It sounds like a very interesting movie. And it's, or show. is it a movie or it's a show?
5: Show. It's a show. Okay. Eight well, episodes. Uh, currently streaming on Apple TV. Oh,
1: very good to know. I might go and watch that. <laughs> there you well, go. Yeah, there are some very cute dogs on there. And so what was maybe your favorite dog featured on Puppy Place?
5: Uh, I can't pick, to be honest with you. I don't, I don't really have one. I, I liked all the dogs.
1: I guess that's good.
5: You don't want to hurt any feelings.
1: <laughs> so what was the acting like? And who would you say had the best performance?
5: I thought the kids were good. it's tv kids oh i feel like where uh i don't know there's even sequences where they're supposed to sort of be causing shenanigans and their parents tell them off and but it's it's never really all that believable uh yeah i don't i don't know i didn't have a ton of thoughts about the performances
1: Yeah, that's okay, and I feel like sometimes shows like that, like shows can't like with young kids, the acting for the kids doesn't tend to be as
5: amazing as. And you just feel like kids written for parents in a weird way, I guess. Yeah, they're lovely, lovely, lovely. They're lovely, lovely children in the show, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't make a show about, uh, you know lovely lovely children working together to help (laughs) puppies find homes that's wonderful uh but there's just certain times where it just feels so uh false Mm -hmm. yeah
1: do you ever think that this might want to have kids maybe be maybe it'll have like kids be inspired by the show to maybe like start fostering dogs uh, perhaps.
5: Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think, I think so on some level. Sure.
1: Yeah. Cause we have dogs, um, but they are, uh, permanent dogs. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> um, but if we had less, we have nine, by the way, <laughs> uh, we would probably foster. Sure. Um, and so what would you say is the message for Puppy Place?
6: Um,
5: To be kind and look out for others, uh, man and animal. Um, I think it shows that you can have, you can show that you can be caring towards more than just uh, the people around you. You can be caring towards the pets and animals around you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah okay,
1: and so you got the chance to interview the creator Andrew Green, and so what was the most interesting thing that you learned about that?
5: Yeah, yeah, it was. He was a really great interview. Uh, I thought the most interesting thing is that he has a pet pig uh, named oh, Bella. Oh, interesting. He's unfortunately, <laughs> going through uh, some arthritis right now. Oh. I didn't know is the thing that pigs could have, and. Uh, she was actually napping in the background um, <laughs> while I was doing my interview. I found out later on. So, and uh, this is an exclusive, but apparently she might end up uh, with some kind of role in season two. So, ooh, that might so, be fun. Yeah, gotcha.
1: <laughs> it is kind of weird though that he does. He have any dogs?
5: <laughs> he does. He does. And in fact, his other uh, his his one dog. Uh, his mini dachshund uh, is the center of one of the episodes in this. Um, oh, okay. So that would make that sense. Had, it, the episode itself hasn't come out yet, but it is. Okay. Okay. Clear. Yeah.
1: Cause that would make more sense because it'd be kind of weird if he just had a, a pig and didn't
6: sure. have a, sh- like, a and he didn't place. have any dogs.
1: Yeah. It could yeah. be, yeah. could have been piggy
5: place. <laughs> so what age range and star rating do you give puppy place? Sure. I'm going to get the age range. This is an easy three to 18 a, a lot of people like dogs, yeah, uh, if you don't you know I mean, I'm tempted to say what's wrong with you, but you know that you know I'm sure you love I'm sure you love something else just as much <laughs> uh but i yeah, I think for the dog lovers out there, this one's gonna really jump out to you, and at a certain point it is just uh an excuse to watch. Montages of adorable little animals doing adorable adorable little animal things. And yeah. I give it a star rating. You know what? On that level, it works. Uh, it's not necessarily for my... Uh, what am I trying to say? I'm going to uh for a little while. So be prepared to cut this part. Uh, um, Oh, I've never done that before. Uh, Star rating. Yeah, three. I think, you know, it, it delivers. It's got puppies and they go places. Uh, And if that's what you're here for, that's what you're going to get. So enjoy. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. Thank you for having me and uh, letting me stumble my way through the segment.
1: (laughs) That's okay.
5: Let's take a break.
1: I'm Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions.
6: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: To
0: become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh!
1: Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Dune and Puppy Place. Next up, Benjamin will be interviewing Andrew Green from Puppy Place.
5: Hello, this is Benjamin Price, and today I will be talking with Andrew Green, the creator, executive producer, and showrunner of the new Apple TV Plus original series, Puppy Place. How are you doing today? Doing great.
7: Great. Thanks for having me.
5: There's an old show business adage, never work with children or animals. With Puppy Place, you chose to do both. What were the joys and challenges of working with puppies every day?
7: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I... I, uh... I'd heard the adage my whole life, and then I, I finally lived it. Um, well, the joys were clear. It was, you know, the puppies, the dogs. Um, you know, we we had a crew and a cast that that happened to be all dog lovers. So it, uh, you know, it was it was just they're just fun to be around. They're unpredictable. They're sweet. They're you know it's everything we're trying to say in the show, and uh, the dogs brought it. Ah, uh, challenges. Um, <laughs> you know, dogs uh, you know, unlike most of the actors or I should say most actors, dogs don't always do what you tell them to do, you know they they you want uh, you want the dog to go to the left, the dog goes to the right. the dog wants to take a nap or do whatever. the dog does what the dog wants to do. Um, so it was it was always um, it was always a bit of a challenge. Every dog had, some challenge and you know we had to adapt to the dogs as much as the dogs had to follow the script
5: well and is there any kind of learning curve with actors where they have to learn to act around pets
7: yeah actually that's that's a really good question um the actors certainly you know all of our actors had experience with dogs but not working with them so you know mostly in so far as the blocking, you know, where, where they were moving in the scenes and, and how to, you know, maybe adjust the dog, you know, when they they'd pet the dog on one side as opposed to the other, so they could adjust the dog to camera and, um, and just rolling with it. You know, we had a, a policy that um, we knew we weren't always going to get exactly what was scripted with the dog. So, you know, just, just roll with it, Take, see what the dog does and, and do, do the best you can
5: roll with. It's not a bad mantra with many things.
7: Yeah, for sure.
5: <laughs> and what was the experience of bringing your own pets to set uh, your mini dachshund
7: has a uh, role in the show? That that is true. Um, who happens to be on my lap? Actually. Oh. My so this is Bruno and he's 18 and a half. And um, it was so Bruno is, you know, he's older and he needs he needs me he didn't like being left at home. So I started bringing him to work and he, he kind of became the show's mascot unofficially. And then we were doing an episode actually, which is not in our first eight, which uh, is the one that's dropping right now, but uh, it's in our second batch. Um, we were doing an episode that had some senior dogs in, in the story and the, one of the trainers came up to me and said, Hey, you know, we all love Bruno. How would you like to put him in the, in the episode? And so, I was like, "Great!" You know, this will immortalize Bruno. And rewrote the part a little bit, made it for, uh, made him the character of Bruno, an eighteen-year-old uh, dachshund with with bad back legs, and it was it was incredible. I mean, it was it was like, it was like life and art coming together in a super special way. Um,
5: well, and what are the chances that your your pig uh, makes a, you know, Fibble, a
7: starring role next season? I I I really hope so. He's got um he's got some he's got a little arthritis now, so we have to get through that because he doesn't uh, he doesn't like to walk as much as he used to. But I would love to get him on um on an episode. Yeah.
5: I mean, it's the spinoff writes itself. Piggy
7: Place. There you go. There. <laughs> go, you go to Apple. <laughs> I, believe me, don't think I haven't thought about it. Can you even see him? I think he's. Uh, can you see him in the background there? He's lying down there. Oh, know. yeah.
5: Uh, anyway, I haven't had this yet with the Zoom interviews, the, the pet uh, angle. The, well, there you go. There you go. There's
7: always always something new.
1: You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Dune, Puppy Place, iCarly, Gabby's Dollhouse, and Secret Agent Dingledore and his trust dog, Splat. Right now, we're continuing Benjamin's interview with Andrew Green about Puppy Place.
5: So you've worked on everything from Hannah Montana to insatiable as a writer and executive producer. But this with Puppy Place, this is the first time you're serving as a showrunner. Can right. you just describe sort of a day in the life uh as a showrunner? Particularly on yeah.
7: Yeah, well, um there are kind of three stages that a showrunner's involved in 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 a production, right? There's pre-production when you're in development and you're you're working out the idea. And so those days were you know, a lot of writing of the pilot, working with the the studio on the concept, the vision, what we wanted to do. That was, uh, then you get to casting the pilot, casting your series regulars, hiring the writing staff. Um, And then, you know, it moves into the next stage, which is really spending all day in the writer's room with the writers, uh, working out the stories, working out the season um, and figuring that out. And then once production starts, Things get much busier. You're you're sort of split between the writer's room and being on set, and that you know that's supervising what's what's being done on set, the shooting, uh, rewriting. Um, there's a million things. You know there are a million departments. There's art and there's hair and there's makeup and there's you know uh, everything. And so you know you have to make sure your department heads are all in sync and working together. Um, so it's it, it's pretty busy, and then once you're done once you're done shooting, you move in the last stage, which is post production. So I'm in editing all day long, and sound mixes, and um, yeah, you you kind of have your hands in everything, and it's great. It's exhausting, but it's great. There you go. Yeah.
5: And Puppy Place is a lot about puppies finding their forever homes. Um, I hope I'm not taking from the logline there or anything like that, but that's it. It's so, cool. so that's true off screen too. Can you talk a little bit about how some of the canine cast members in the show found their forever homes through it?
7: Yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. So, you know, there were, so each of our stories is, uh, is based on a, a book from this book series and each book focused on one, you know, one particular dog. And that was our, our dog of the week, our dog guest star. And our, uh, you know, our trainers—we had amazing trainers who were really connected, and they were able to find, you know, every breed we wanted. Because in the books, it's a specific breed. You know, there's a Dalmatian in this episode, and there's a Border Collie in that episode, and um, you know, a bunch of the dogs were looking for homes, and there was, there was a line for people uh, of people in our casting crew waiting to adopt these dogs, because everyone falls in love with the dogs. The dogs would come a couple of weeks before we'd start shooting to work with the trainers, to get acclimated, to meet the cast, to meet the crew, to get comfortable. And, you know, always, you know, er everyone loved the dogs and there was always someone who was like, that dog, that's the dog I want. Usually there were like five people. So um, yeah, I think we adopted uh, in, in season one, I think 11 of our crew members adopted dogs uh one of them took a pair because we had a pair of dogs uh a brother and sister and um and then I think a few others were adopted by people connected with from you know with the show that weren't right on our crew so it was it was super super fun and then the, the other great part about that is the dogs that are now living with the crew members got to come back they got to come back and say hi and hang out with everyone again and see their old friends and you know the cast the kids in the cast just you know they they formed you know, real bonds with these dogs that they're working with and, and acting with. So it was, it's great. It's big family.
5: Coming series team regulars team. by default.
7: Yeah, no, for sure. hundred percent. And talking about the book
5: series, what was your first encounter with the, with the books?
7: Um, so I had had a meeting with um, one of the executives over at Apple TV plus and um i had said i had mentioned this was before i knew anything about the books i said i'd love to do a show in the world of animal rescue you know dog rescue ideally because it's something i'm really passionate about what i didn't know was that apple had been um securing the rights to this book series the puppy place that they had been working on for a while that they were really excited and passionate about so um you know it was long after the meeting, they called me up and they said, Hey, we got this book series. We'd love for you to read it. Um, and you know, read some of the books and give us your take if you wanted to pitch on it. And I did. And I, I love the books and I, I saw them as, you know, I saw what my vision at least for the show was and we talked about it and they were on board and that's, that's how it all went down. And thus, you know, what we're here
5: talking about today. Here we are. Thank yeah. you so much for talking with me. Um, puppy place eight episodes drop october 15th apple tv plus uh, and great talking to you today this is benjamin reporting for kids first
1: let's take a break i'm Catherine, and you're listening to kids first coming attractions today's show is sponsored by merrick security solutions
6: become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice America.
0: To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. Are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film
1: review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. We've been talking about Puppy Place. Next up, Tiana will be interviewing Jaden Triplett from Car- iCarly.
2: Hello, everyone. I'm Tiana Simmers, reporting for Kids First, and today I'm going to be speaking with Jaden Triplett, who is one of the stars in Paramount Plus's new iCarly, which just renewed for a season two. Jaden is also known for her roles in Blackish, Family Reunion, and Apple TVC. She's here today to talk about her hilarious and totally sassy role as Melissa in the iCarly reboot. Welcome, Jaden. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. I've gotten to see uh, season one of this new iCarly and you nail it as Millicent. Congratulations. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited for season two. Yes, I'm definitely proud of uh, everything that the show's become so far.
8: Yeah, me too. I'm so happy that we're getting really great feedback from a reboot, so yeah.
2: Yeah. So iCarly is a revival of the original Nickelodeon series of the same name. And this one picks up 10 years after the original ended. So I really love that includes some of the returning cast such as Miranda Cosgrove, Jerry Trainer, and Nathan Kress. So now with the first season kind of under your belt, what has been the biggest benefit of being the youngest and the newcomer to such an iconic show? Um, I think the
8: main thing is that I'm around so many people who have been doing this for so long, and this is my first big series regular, so having wonderful people around me to teach me about everything that I'm doing and to maybe give me feedback on how I set a line or something else that I can do differently, it's just a blessing because, you know, I have great people around me.
2: Yeah, and I was going to say, I'm sure it is a blessing knowing that you have such great people, especially the originals from the original iCarly, there to help you and guide you along. Yeah. So you play Millicent, who is Freddie Benson. Um, sorry. Sorry. So you play Millicent who is Freddie Benson's adopted stepdaughter and she is an entrepreneur, a social media content creator, and she's totally sassy and snarky with hopes of in a sense, replacing Carly as an internet sensation. Your character is also very well developed in the series too. So how do you make Millicent stand out yet fit right in with the returning cast?
8: Um, I think that my character is just something new. <clears throat> Sorry. I think that my character is just something new to the cast because everybody is kind of like Nathan or um, Freddie is the smart one. And then Carly is like the shy, but she's also like a celebrity one. And then um, Jerry is kind of like the crazy brother. So having yeah. me is kind of balancing it out. Out. Um, and I love how they develop my character because you know, you don't, you don't just want a character that's just always mean and just, you know, throwing jabs every once in a while, all the time. So I'm glad that they give me those sentimental parts. Like when um, episode seven, I did uh, I Love Gwen and I was playing Juliet. It was like a Romeo and Juliet um, episode. And it really showed my sweet side on why I'm so hard because I'm very vulnerable because, you know, my parents are divorced, and my mom remarried to Freddie, and I barely know him, and it's it's kind of complicated. Um, so I'm really glad that they can see my
2: sweet side. Yeah, and I feel like Millicent is, is in a sense, the missing piece to the mm-hmm. series. So I feel like without her, the story would be totally different. Um, so she definitely brings a lot to this show.
1: Yeah, you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today, we're talking about Dune, Puppy Place, Gabby's Stallhouse, and Secret Angel Dinkeldorf and his trust dog, Splat. Right now, we're continuing Tiana's interview with Jaden Triplett from iCarly.
2: So, Millicent has been described as your alter ego. I mean, just talking to you right now, you seem very outgoing, but also very laid back and fun. So, what are <laughs> some of your favorite things about Millicent that you would like to take or try for yourself for one day?
8: I just like how she knows everything. Like she's an entrepreneur. She um she had the the Millicent's Minions episode. That was so cool because it, she just seems like she's so smart and she knows everything. And I really like her. Um, I think one thing that I do want to try is to be more brave like her because she just goes straight out there. And I'm kind of like, dipping my toe in the pool like hey is is that really where I want to go so I think I can be like her by being more brave
2: well I would have to say you're already being super brave playing a character who is totally different from you (laughs) yeah alter ego (laughs) bravo on that (laughs) thank you (laughs) you're welcome So people tend to be very nervous about revivals and reboots of shows, but clearly you all are doing something right because you were on to season two. So what do you think it drives the success in the interest of the show? Well, it was so big back then.
8: So, you know, you already have all of those fans. So when you already build up that fandom, fans are going to want more after, you know, the season finale, they're going to think, well, there's more coming. I'm going to want to watch that. So I think being a reboot and having the same main cast and then being the same kind of the same people that they were in the original really helps people feel
2: that nostalgia from the original. Definitely. And like I said, there's uh, some new characters in this. So even though it's um, like a revival or the show's just coming out again, it's just like a continuation of it. Right. So that's what makes it even more special. Like I said, it takes place 10 years later. Right. So what are you most looking forward to or hoping for Millicent in the second season? Well, I hope
8: that um, there's still a lot of that snarky and sassiness, but there still is um, that innocent side of her. Like there's more of that, hey, can someone be here for me right now because you know, um, I'm pretty sure in the story that my father passed away, so then my mother remarried Freddie. Um, um, so like, hey, my dad passed away. I only have Freddie at this point. So um I hope that see in season two that they show more of that.
2: Yeah, that would be a very heartwarming episode to see. Learn more yeah. more about Millicent's backstory. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit more about you yourself as Jaden. So, in the original series, Carly had a hater named iCarly57 who makes a return in season one. So, what have you learned from being on the show um, and dealing with cyber bullies that you can share with us?
8: Oh my goodness. Like, when it comes to bullying, I just, it makes no sense to me because I'm like, okay, you're sitting in your mom's basement chatting to six-year-old kids and making them insecure about themselves, but you can be doing something else with your life. Like, you probably have no job. (laughs) Like, it's it's not, it's not okay. Um, and I feel really bad for every kid that gets bullied on a day-to-day basis because, it's really mean and unnecessary and you're just making them into a vulnerable person and into a person that is afraid of everything. And that's not, that's not what like people want to be, you know, people want to be strong and people want to be able to do other things than just hide in their closet away from everybody else. So bullying is not okay. And I'm glad that, um, that in the episode Carly was like you know what I'm done with you because he was bullying her and then he said sorry but that doesn't really make a difference because you already hurt her so
2: yeah and I love how you phrased everything that's an inspirational message that I think everyone really needs to hear yeah yes yeah. so there are so many similarities between you and your family and the iCarly series. Do you find that you learn more things from the show that you can use to create content for your own YouTube channel? Or do you use things that you learn from the channel to incorporate them into Millicent's character? Um, I don't really understand the question. <laughs> uh, so basically, I'm saying like, since in real life, you, you and your family have a YouTube channel. Right. So you're already kind of like an Internet sensation in that way. So do you take certain um, techniques from the show being an Internet sensation as Millicent um, and take things that you learn from that and incorporate them into certain things you do with your family? Or do you use things that you take from Millicent's character on the show and incorporate them into things you do in real life?
8: Um, well, I know that on the show, a lot of people make gifts and stuff. So with the memes and the gifts, my parents will constantly send me stuff like, um, bye, because I had that one meme. <laughs> it was so funny when I was walking out on Harper. Um, I'm forgetting what that episode was, but it was a really fun episode. And everybody like sends that to me when they're done with the conversation. They're like, bye. <laughs> and yeah. it's so fun. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I know my mom does that sometimes too. That <laughs> is hilarious. So for my last question, what do you hope that audiences get from watching iCarly? Um, I hope that they get
8: the energy of friendship because I feel like the entire show is just built around five friends just trying to figure out life together in their late 20s, just doing things and having fun and being crazy. And I hope that people understand that that's what friendship is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be toxic and, you know, fighting every day. Although disagreements are very common in friendships, that doesn't mean it's toxic. But if you can't like agree on anything, or you're always mad at each other, that's not a good friendship. So I think that, iCarly has really shown what friendship is supposed to be.
2: Definitely. I couldn't agree more. That is definitely something beautiful that people can take out of it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jaden, for your time today. I had a great time learning about more about you, Millicent, and the whole iCarly series. Thank you for having me. Yes. So, everyone watching, make sure to check out iCarly season two streaming on Paramount Plus. And I'm Tian Sermons. This was another great interview on Kids First. Remember to like and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our next reviews or interviews. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Bye.
1: <laughs> Let's take a break. I'm Catherine, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Merrick Security Solutions.
0: are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh!
1: Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Catherine, and we're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about iCarly. Next up, Kyla will be interviewing Tara Strong from Gabby's Dollhouse.
9: Hi! I'm Kyla C, reporting for Kids First, and today I have the honor to speak with Tara Strong about her roles as Kitty Fairy and Mama Kitty in season three of Gabby's Dollhouse, which releases Tuesday, October 19th, 2021 on Netflix. Ms. Strong is well known for her voice roles as Twilight Sparkle in My Little Pony, Barbara Gordon in Batman the Killing Joke, Miss Minutes in Loki, and Timmy Turner in Fairly Odd Parents. Welcome to the show. Hi, Kyla. So in Gabby's Dollhouse, you play two characters, Kitty Fairy and Mama Kitty. So which character can you relate to most and in what ways can you relate to each of them?
4: (laughs) Well, I'm going to let you in on a secret that I really only kind of discovered today, which is that I'm very similar to both of them. And Mama Box is a mom that loves being a mom and is very hands-on mom and loves doing arts and crafts and getting creative with her kids and i'm totally like that i love being a mom i'm a very hands-on mom and since my kids were very very little like two three years old we've been doing arts and crafts including origami and sculpting and shrinking and painting and drawing and all kinds of creating things and we are still that way my son is 19 and he made this like uh three weeks ago out of origami like we are, we are very crafty people. And Kitty um, um, Fairy is someone I can relate to because I also love um, outside. I'm a real mother earth human. I love grass and trees and flowers and things you can grow fruits and vegetables and bushes and weeds. Like I just love nature. And I also love magic and ritual and singing and trying to help people and help um, things grow and stay safe. So I'm actually very similar to both of those characters, and I don't know how that happened. It's just sort of serendipitous, I suppose.
9: Yeah, and I can definitely see how being able to relate to the character can help you portray them.
4: True. Very true, Kyla. So this series
9: has plenty of terrific mini-adventures. Which episode or scene would you
4: most like to experience in real life? Oh wow! Well, I I can honestly say anything. Kitty Fairy's done like with magic and helping babies grow and um helping babies find their parents and things like that. I I love the real magical element that Kitty Fairy has. So anything magic and helpful, um, and certainly party because that girl knows how to party and sing and get people dancing. So, I think anything Kitty Fairy does, I'd like to recreate.
9: (laughs) Yeah, everything in this show is spectacular and be so right.
4: Aw, thank you. Do you have a favorite?
9: Um, I don't know. Like I said, pretty much everything would be
4: so. (laughs) See, I'm with you. I'm with you.
9: So you often have to transition between films and TV geared toward very different audiences, such as Twilight Sparkle and My Little Pony to Miss Minutes and Loki. So this series is another one aimed at younger audiences. Is this transition difficult?
3: Great question,
10: Carlo. you're asking great questions. Um, it's not a difficult transition, it's just one that has to be noted. So whenever I'm doing any character, like let's say Harley, I have to know what world I'm in and who I'm my audience is. Cause Harley on DC superhero girls is going to be for a younger audience than let's say an adult game or a very dark film. So I just have to be made aware in advance who my audience is and, and, Like I said earlier about um, learning the show Bible and what the show is all about. And once I know that, it's actually pretty easy to slide into each of those feeling moments because everything that you see in voiceover is acting. So I don't think, oh, now I'm doing a show for kids. Once I know the world, I become that character. I know how this character would react in that world, and I just see all the action in my mind and actually bring that action to life with my voice. Which is why voiceover is so different from an on-camera situation where you'd see something right in front of you. In voiceover, you really have to use your imagination so that you can bring that to life authentically so people experience it with you.
9: So which of your previous roles most prepared you for this series, these characters, and these atmospheres?
10: Hmm. Kyla, ask ask such good questions. Um, I would say there is a similarity to My Little Pony with um sort of the colors and how adorable everything is and the distribution of roles for everybody on what they're all good at. That's sort of a nice precursor to this show. Um, but also, I, I have to admit that when I see a drawing of a character and read the character description, it is its own inspiration and lives solely in that world. So in that way, every single thing I've done in my career and in my life go into help creating this very unique character. So it'd be hard to sort of pick one role that really prepared me for this one, because the truth is this one was inspired by the great writing and artistry and very collaborative process that animation truly is.
9: Thank you so much for talking with me today.
10: Thanks for having me, Kyla. Great questions.
9: Thank you so much, Ms. Strong, for talking with me today. Gabby's Dollhouse comes out on Netflix October 19th, 2021. I'm Kyla C. reporting for Kids First.
1: You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today we're talking about Dune, Puppy Place, and iCarly. Right now we're switching over to Gianna's interview with Shiloh Nelson about secret agent Diggeldorf and his trust dog Splat.
11: Hi, I'm Gianna for Kids First, and today I have the opportunity to speak with Shiloh Nelson, who plays Lenscap in the film Secret Agent Dingledorf and his trusty dog Splat, which comes out on Video On Demand October 15, 2021. Shiloh is well known for her YouTube channel, Shiloh and Bros, and her roles on Tomorrowland, Annabelle, and Mom's Night Out. Thank you for speaking with me today.
4: Absolutely. It's so nice to meet you, Gianna.
11: You too. Let's get started. This is such a fun film. What attracted you to the role of Cat?
12: Well, I love that she's such a powerful girl. Like, she's just kind of boss. She knows exactly what she wants, how to get it. She's kind of like the strategy of the group. And I also love that all of my friends were also a part of this movie. And I thought I would just have an amazing time filming it.
11: Well. It's great that you can, um, well, it's great you attracted to that because you can also connect to it. What was the biggest challenge of taking on this role? Well, there wasn't
12: really any challenge. I just had such a fun time filming it and with my friends there. And I just also love the character of Lenscap. And I love that because I am a female content creator and so is she. She loves making videos with her friends, and so do I. And we're just alike in so many ways. I just had such a great time becoming her.
11: It's great that while you're filming this, you have no challenge or struggle taking on this role. In what what ways is this film different from those we have worked on before? Well, I really liked the message
12: of the film. I've never really worked on a film that had like this strong of a message. One that I really liked and that's really what brought me to the film because I really like the message of like God doesn't make junk. You can be this important person even if you come from the middle of nowhere with two really kind of unique friends and I just really liked it.
11: It's really good to have a different variety of films that you do because, you know, people will look out for that and you will have more films to do. This has a great cast, Zachary Arthur, Paul Johansson, Jason Dolly, and Darcy Donovan. What was your favorite thing about working with this cast?
12: Well, like I said earlier, they were all kind of my friends. And even the ones who I didn't know beforehand, over the month period of filming the movie, we all kind of became a family to where afterwards we were all friends, even if I didn't know them before. And the cast was just really friendly, really professional. And even when we didn't know each other, we kind of
11: acted like we did. And it was just really fun. It's great that even though you didn't even know each other, you can just like bond over this film and then just become like one family even after filming the film. Lenscap is a bit sassy and the outfits you wear really enhance that. Were you involved in any of the costume choices at all? Well, actually, I wasn't a part of any
12: of the choices, any of the creative choices for the wardrobe. But even though I wasn't, I still loved Lens Cap's wardrobe. Like, I would go up and be like, all right, what am I wearing today? And those outfits were on flake. <laughs> I just really enjoyed wearing them and seeing what the incredibly talented wardrobe people were able
11: to give me well the outfits lens cap wore or you wore were really nice and cute thank you how do you think the friendship between lens cap iq and bernie helped them save the world well bernie was kind of the heart he
12: he knew what he wanted and he was gonna get it done. And he was just kind of the main leader of the group. And Lance Cap, she was a bit more of the spice. She also helped with some strategy and she was just kind of the and some of the fun of the group. And IQ, when like me and Bernie wouldn't know what to do, he would find some weird alternate way to the situation that was actually better than the main way. And I feel like us three all together is what helped save
11: the world. Yes, without like the all of you together, like all of your personalities and what you bring to the team, you could like, well, you did, but you like save the world really like carefully and strategy, like you had great strategies. And I think with the, like with all of them, you save the world pretty good. Thank you. And finally, what do you think audiences would take away from watching this film? Well, I really liked the message that even
12: if you're just a kid with two kind of weird-ish friends, unique friends, two unique friends, in the middle of nowhere, that you can still save the world. That, like, God doesn't make junk. You can be someone important from no matter where you come from.
11: Well, that's the message I took away, and that is a great message someone else could take away. Thank you so much for talking with me today. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Gianna, for having me. I just talked with Shyla Nelson about her upcoming film, Secret Agent Dingledorf and His trusty Dog Splat, which releases on video on demand October 15, 2021. Be sure to check it out.
1: Thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look for our reviews on Press for Kids, KidsWorld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. Today's show is sponsored by America Security Solutions. I'm Catherine reporting for Kids First. See you later. Bye. Thank you again for tuning in to
0: Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode and tune in again next week.